0: Releasing, releasing a heritage for future generations. Releasing a heritage for future generations. Um, some of you know this, but I'm going to say it again because uh, it's part of what I'm going to do for the sermon here. But when we were in Pensacola here just a short time ago and we were at these meetings that were taking place... You know how sometimes God just speaks something that's totally, absolutely not even a part of what's going on in the service, and then he says something to you? So I was, I was sitting in this one of the services, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, you're the patriarch of your family. My dad died 10 years ago, and I never thought of anything like that, but he said, you're the patriarch Of your family, and I said, "Well, that's kind of an interesting thought." And I kind of, you know, because I understand the scripture, I understand a biblical biblical view is that there's this something about a person being placed in a position of authority and blessing in the Lord, and He wants to pour it through, you know, the the father or the oldest. You know, my father passed away, but I've got um, three brothers that are still alive and a sister. And I take them as part of me being the patriarch of the family, of being the kind of, not like I'm the oversight, you know, but, but the place and the release of blessing into the family. And, you know... The first thing you think of sometimes, this is what I think of a lot, I don't know, maybe I should get over this, ask the Lord to help me with this, but anytime God tells me stuff like this, I go, who, do, who am I to do this? Who am I? I'm the one who happens to be in that position. God places a position of authority and a position of blessing upon fathers and upon for the generations you know so we can say you know it's interesting how the scriptures say children like grandchildren or great-grandchildren they say this was Abraham's child you know and it it doesn't matter how far down the line if they were part of the lineage they were part of the family and so God said you're the patriarch and so I thought well who am I well I'm the one who's in that position because God's ordained it not because of who I am but because of that position right so I enter into that and so a lot of times if we're thinking who who do I think I am we don't press into that fullness of what God has for us we don't think that for somehow that if we're doing it we might get the big head right we might be proud and arrogant but if you fulfill God's purpose you're not being proud and arrogant you're being faithful and you're being true So the other thing I thought was, this is kind of hokey. What do you mean I'm the patriarch? But you know what I'm saying? Because of our culture, because the way our culture is set up, we don't think, at least I never did, we don't think of this concept of generations. We don't think of this concept of someone being a patriarch because we're so independent. We think about us, we think about our life. We might think about our immediate family, but we don't have a vision that opens up and sees the full scope of what God sees and what he wants to have. And then even what happened is when, when I, I knew I was going to do this, I was in this conference with my brother and sister-in-law. And so then I, I told him, I said, this is kind of interesting. God told me I'm the patriarch and I'm supposed to go because we're going to see we're going to see two of my other brothers, and my sister wasn't able to make it. But I was supposed to take some time during the time that we had together where all of us were there, and I was going to stand up and I was going to declare I'm the patriarch of this family, and things are going to be different from what our family line and the generations have handed down to us. And even right away, they kind of teased me Oh, you know, father, whatever, you know, and I'm going, Well, that's good. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm doing it because this is something that comes from God. See, we have to have a biblical mindset because God moves in this biblical mindset. You know, some say, oh, the Bible's so outdated, but God moves through his truth and through his scriptures and how he sets things up are what really matters because that's the where his blessings flow, is through his own structure, through his own uh, organizing of things, the way that he has it. I want to read a couple scriptures, and usually I have the scriptures up there, um, but I don't this time. But I want you to think of this. When God revealed himself like to Moses, what did he say? He said, I am the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. What's he doing? This this was years, hundreds hundreds of years later. God comes and says, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because God moves through generational promises, and the promises started with Abraham, and they started in his life. And I just want to say this, is that our response to God ultimately impacts the blessings or the curses that are going to flow down our family lines, the way that we respond to him. So in Genesis chapter 12, God... God says these things, and, you know, this blows our mind. There'll never be another Abraham, but still, he's got things for us and influence for us and room for us to move in this. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, this is 12.1, Go forth from your country, from your relatives, from your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I'll make your name great." And you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And it says this, In you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Abraham, because God has a a purpose and a vision for him and a place that he has in the structure of life, he says, I'm going to make you a blessing to all nations. Every nation will be blessed because of you. Now that's a strong promise, and it's a, you know I'm sure Abraham again must be doing something like me because Moses did it. Who who am I to do this? Who am I? But God has a purpose for us and places us in this position. And so, here's what it says in Genesis chapter 22, verses 15 through 18. This is where this is where God asks Abraham to offer up his son Isaac. And it says this, Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven, and he said, and, and this was after he, he went to sacrifice him. He says, stop. But here's, the, here's his response now. It says, The angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this thing, and you have not withheld your son, your only son, Indeed, I will greatly bless you, and I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore, and your seed shall possess the gates of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men, and he arose and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham lived in Beersheba. So God says, because of your obedience, because of your listening to me and following my commandments and offering up your only son, he says, because you have done this thing in obedience to me, you are going to be a blessing to all nations, and he talks about the seed of Abraham. And of course we know who the seed of Abraham is, it's Jesus See, God was telling him even at the very beginning, this is your lineage, this is your heritage. Out of this heritage is going to come one who's going to save the world. And so it's really important for us to get this, that the more that we understand this, it will help us. Our response to God determines the blessings and cursings that enter into our family lines. Now, when when I was raised... There's a lot of not good things that were in my generations. So first of all, my dad was an alcoholic. He was violent, so he hurt our family quite a bit, beat us and did stuff that was not good. Uh, My dad was uh, an adulterer. He cheated on my mom. Uh, My dad actually had relations with my mom. I was born when they were married, but I was conceived before they were married. And so there's this, all this sexual stuff that's going on and the things that he had in our home, pornography and all the things that were made available to us, even from a super early age. We had all these generational things of anger and rage and the violence and. And just the mindsets, you know, all these different things that were handed down. My dad didn't know the Lord <clears throat> until he was 70 years old when I was able to lead him to Jesus. So he didn't have a heritage. He didn't have a godly heritage to hand down to us. He had pain. He had anger and abuse. You know, he was abused, so there, it just passes down. And this whole thing just begins to flow down. But the interesting thing is is that when God comes and when God saves us and calls us into his kingdom, then we, we get to live differently because now we have a different heritage. I believe that when Jesus said, uh, well, not Jesus, but the scripture says, <laughs> Paul said it, I think, in Corinthians, he says that when we're born again, we become new creation in Christ. All things become new. And when he says that, There's a new heritage, and there's a new lineage that we enter in, and that lineage is that of Jesus Christ. We become joint heirs with Jesus. God is our Father. We have all the blessings that are available in Him that should flow into our lives, but it doesn't happen just instantly and automatically. I wish it did. Oh, my goodness. Do I ever wish we could just get saved and everything's gone? And we have everything that God promised us. I wish that was the way it was. But this is, you know, God shows us in the scripture that we have to enter into it through faith and enter into it. And we really possess as much as we have faith for, as much as we'll believe God and and do this. So I want to say this too, how, how we live impacts generations. So this stuff was flowing in from my, my family line and then suzette's i didn't even talk about hers but stuff was flowing in through suzette and so when we we became believers we had to begin to to change we had to begin to change the actual heritage that's going forth and we started severing off some of the generational things that were passed down to us we started to repent and change and be transformed and be restored and healed so that we can pass on blessing instead of curse to the next generation. Because we want to bless our generations. And so there's this this strong, powerful thing. Now, every one of us in this room has something handed down. And some of us have good things. You know, if we have good things handed down, just say, praise the Lord. Right? Praise the Lord because we have this heritage heritage of godliness. We have a heritage that's passed down. And and the thing is, is that I guarantee you, not one of your, your families was perfect. So there was stuff in your family that was still probably there and handed down to you that, that God is freeing you from so that the next generation and the generation after that doesn't have to live in it, doesn't have to deal with it, doesn't have to do it. And that really becomes important. The way that we live. We're not just living for ourselves. See, America is individual. Me, me, myself, I, my rights, this, I want, this for me. Well, everything we do impacts everyone in our family and everyone in our generations. So we have to understand we're not living for ourselves. We're living for future generations. And how we live is going to impact them. And so we're going to kind of talk about that, releasing a heritage for future generations. So that's what we're, what we're talking about. Now, some of us have bad stuff. You know, I just gave you some stuff. I could give you a lot more, but what's the point? You get, it. You get the idea. I had a whole bunch of garbage passed down in my generations, and I participated in some of that myself until I came to the Lord. And so I have some of those same exact things that my dad passed down and, and went through my generations and my mom's side. And and there there was things I did. And then once I came to Christ, I had to begin to change. I had to turn from those things and I had to reject those things. And I had to begin to do that. It's, it's easy for me to understand that when I'm doing these things, I'm doing them for myself. I'm breaking them off myself. I'm getting freer. I'm getting delivered but i want us to expand our concept that when we're getting freed it opens the doors for our generations to be freed and that we actually understand that here's something that's really cool too since we're new creations in christ and when we come to him we have a new lineage, and that means that doesn't matter how bad our background was, doesn't matter how terrible it was, doesn't matter what happened in the past, we have newness and we have new possibility. See, God has set us up. We, if we know him, he has set us up to be ones who change the future destiny. It doesn't matter what's been handed down, you can move in a different way and release the glory of God in your family lines and that's exactly what we want to do. And so so here's here's some concepts I want to talk about that have to do with this heritage. The first of all is to take responsibility. Take responsibility. You have to take responsibility for your family lines. That means you have to stand up. If you're the man of the house, you have to stand up and you have to say I am the patriarch of this family. I am the one that God's placed in charge, not because you're smarter or better, not so you can be overbearing, I'm the king of the castle kind of a concept, but so that you can rise up and you can be the servant and you can be the protector and you can be the guardian of the family and you can actually begin to move your family. It's, it's taking responsibility, saying, this is the position that God has put me in, and so I'm going to stand in it, and I'm going to do everything that I know how to do to bring this about, and that comes through just what God says. He has so many precious promises. He's got... He has life and life more abundantly. He has promises for us to have peace and wholeness. He has relational things where he wants us to be a family unit who love and care for one another, who actually show people the love of God because we have love within our families. He wants us to be an example and he wants the blessings to pour out not only in our own lives, but in the lives of everyone in our family. And so this responsibility. A lot of times we're passive. Oh well, what can I do? I just can't do anything about this. Yes, you can. If God's placed you in a position, we need to rise up to it. And that's what I was doing with this this idea of this of of this being a patriarch. And I'll tell you some of the things that that I I, I I'm thinking about and doing because of that. Because this is pretty fresh for me. But not to be passive, not to just accept, well, this is just the way our family is. This is just the way it's always been. This is just how life happens to be. No, if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, then we need to deal with it and we need to attack it and we need to say, this is going to be in our home because this is what God has for us. Oh, I just can't do anything. No, that's wrong. You can God has equipped you. He has given you everything that you need to do. Now, is it hard and difficult? Does it mean we have to change? Does it mean we have to to no longer say, well, it's not my fault, it's not my responsibility? We need to say, yes, it is, and stand up, rise up, and begin to do these things, begin to shape the culture in our family, begin to release blessing upon our family, to protect our family lines, and we'll see how we can do that in a minute to release God's blessing, to have his blessing flow. You know, it's kind of interesting how how God always does word pictures and those kind of things. You know, I just think he, he talks about like the unity of, of the brethren, right? He talks about this was in Israel, but he talks about it when they were pouring the anointing oil over over aaron and it was going and it was running down his beard because they didn't just go we anoint you they went we anoint you they wanted to understand that it wasn't just a little speck of the holy spirit just a little drip of the holy spirit but you were anointed and when 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 anointing oils running all over your head and down your beard and all over your clothing I think that gives you a clear representation that God says, I want to be anoint you. We don't do that, or we'd have some pretty good oil stains on the carpet up here, but but just think that's how they used to do it. When David was anointed king, they took a flask of oil and dumped it on him. They didn't just, you're king. So, So there's something about that. So with responsibility then, We need to rise up in the authority that God's given us. We have authority. If you're the patriarch of the family, you have authority. So, by the way, moms have a lot of authority too. But I'm just saying that God's the one who's designed it. He's done that, and that's the way it is. It's not male chauvinist stuff, it's just that He's given certain responsibility of ministry and of life to certain, you know, to to the Father. And he's given certain things to the mother also, and that's wonderful, because without moms, I think moms pray more kids into the kingdom than than dads. I just think that, but because uh, moms are prayer warriors, they're the ones who are going, "This is my kid, and my get off my kid," you know, uh, you know, and you just go for it, and you pray and you intercede, and and every time you hear stories do you ever hear you know every once in a while you hear oh yeah my dad prayed a lot for me no it's always my mom or my grandma they contended they were the ones fighting and so there's we we work together it's a unity you know we're a harmony as far as that goes but there is responsibility that god has so to take authority and systematically go through Here's here's what I'm what I'm starting to do. I'm starting to compile a list of every everything that I know is not of the Lord that's been in my family line. Everything that I'm aware of, I'm not aware of everything, nor will you. You don't know what happened two or three generations ago. You know, some of us knew our grandparents. I knew my grandpa and I knew my grandma on both sides, but I didn't really know their lives and of course I didn't really know their sin unless it was you know super obvious but there's things that are in the background and those impact too. So how do you figure out what's going on? How do you figure out what you've inherited, what you brought? Some of the obvious things you just start marking down. I already told you some of those but here's how you can also find out a way. What, what's going on in your life? What repeated things are you struggling with? What repeated, uh, like, how do I, how do I put this? Um, like, like evidence of a curse coming down. It means there, that there's frustration in areas of your life. It means that there's repeated failure. You're, you try to move forward, and it never moves forward. could be in the area of finances. It could be in the area of relationships. It could be in the area of anything. But if you, if you start seeing a pattern where you see it over and over again, you're striving for the things that God wants, but you always fall short of it. You just never kind of make it. Put those things down. Systematically think through your family life systematically think through your family what's going on in my family and what's taking place there and then once you begin to find those things then you can go through those things and you can uh, begin to repent for them you can begin to break those things over your family over your own life you can begin to um, actually release the blessings of god But I want to go through and I want to systematically undo the things that I know are over my family. I've done some of those things in my life, but some of the people in my family haven't been able to do that at this point. And so I want to be one who who says, Lord, this is for our family and begin to contend for them to be healed and restored and for our whole family to rise up in the fullness of God not just my family with Josh and Lena and the grandkids i'm talking about my brothers and my sister and their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren and on and on and on they're not here yet some of them <laughs> you know they've got kids but they don't have great-grandkids you know uh so <clears throat> So we're we're looking for the future, right? We want the blessings to pour out, and so that's what I want for my entire family, every single one, even though some of those people, you know, I've never seen. Just because we don't get around, uh, or I've seen them so many years ago, but they're still part of my family. They're still part of the patriarch concept, the idea of being the head of the family. I want to be the protector. I want to be the one who brings in the blessing of God and to bring those things. So look for areas where there's repeated defeat or frustration. Mark those things down and then pray through them. Boy, this, this has really been on my mind for so many months. Is this systematically going through your life? Because we have so many things that affect us from the past, but we just blow them away or we forget about them. But if we ask the Lord and systematically go through our life, we can begin to see the things that have impacted us and shaped us. And we can actually begin to, to, to get rid of the wounds and the pain, all the stuff, the wrong thinking that's associated with those, everything that's going on. We can get rid of those things out of our life so that we have more of the life of God that will flow through us into our family. And we just got to get rid of the stuff. We got to do it. We just have to do it. A lot of people look at it this way. If God shows them something in their life, they run away and they hide because, oh God, I don't want to have to deal with this. Well, listen, God's showing you something so that he can get it out of your life god shows you something so he can heal you god never shows it to condemn you or to judge you god's not coming and he's not doing like a witch hunt Ugh, i find this in you you know he's saying this thing's hurting you i want to help you get it out so when he comes to us just run to him when he shows you something say thank you god that you're so gracious. And begin to operate and cooperate with God because He wants to set you free. time I call it the spotlight. Anytime he goes, boop, do you love the sound effects? Suzette does. She always thinks you, you do too many sound effects. That's the way I talk. So boop. If he if he does that, he's doing it because he loves you. He's doing it because he knows it's harming you. He's doing it because he wants you to come into the fullness of what he has available. And when those things are there, you can't have more. You know, if you have one thing in your arms, you can't take another. You need to get rid of that to take what he has. You just have to. That's how that works. And so that we take authority, we begin to pray through these areas. We begin to to thank the Lord for showing us what's going on, and then for our families. I, I think this is important for every every single person, is that we understand who, who our family is, who they are in Christ, what God has called them to be, the, the characterization of their life. I, I'm sure you know this, is that every single person is so unique. You can have a family that grows up together, There's, you know, and, and they're so different. Every kid is so different, so unique. They have the characteristics because they're a family, but the way they think and the way they do things and the things that excite them and the things that they're they're going to be called to do in God is to find out what those things are. And since we're taking responsibility, we want to get rid of the garbage, but we also want to proclaim and declare the stuff that God's saying over each person in our family and begin to do that. And to say, God, what do you see, for example, for my brother, Tim, or my brother, Stephen, or my sister, Jody? And what do you see for these folks? And then begin to just write those things down so that you can declare them this is declaring the word of the lord what he sees them even if they don't even look like it at the moment this is how god sees them this is the future that he has for them and we can begin to proclaim and we we can just declare the word of the lord over our family that you're going to enter into the fullness of who you are in christ you're going to enter into the fullness of, of of being prophetic or the fullness of of whatever, you know, because there's so many different things that God has for each person. You know, we've done this pretty well with with our family, you know, with with Josh and Lena and the kids, we we have things that even before they were born, we believe that the Lord spoke over them, that this was going to be who they are as far as a general understanding of their giftedness and their calling even before they were born. And some of them had their name actually is part of what they f- foresaw of them being. Faith Evangelista, you know, so, uh, is, did I say that right? Evangeline. I I knew I didn't say that right. Faith, Faith Evangelite, and Evangeline. You know, has what? It has to do with evangelism, right? Evangel. So she's she's our she's our straightforward gonna. Preach the truth gospel person. You don't mess with her. Nope, this is how it is. Which is pretty cool because that's who God's made her to be. And so we have to understand that each one of these, we, we have the responsibility and the authority to speak forth the things of God over a family and to bring them into the place where God has through prayer and through through uh, doing those things. You remember Joshua? So the one of the last things Joshua spoke about, he says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. He made a declaration to all the people. He called them to follow the Lord. He called them to not get involved with the idolatry of the nations that were around them because he knew that it would bring destruction and death to the children of Israel. And so he said do not serve these things. But as for me and my house, me and my family, me and those who are under my patriarchal scope, we're going to serve the Lord. And it's so interesting, it says that that the children of Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and the elders that were involved with him. But then after that, they made a decision and they chose to follow after other gods which brought destruction and bondage and you see that um, in in the scripture they began to worship idols and the, they began to be captive and people began to rip off their food and began to come in and put them under forced labor and to do those kind of things, that wasn't God's plan but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord and then I think what we need to do also is there we not only declare the purposes, but we fight. We fight for them. We never give up. We never surrender. We know what God's plan is. And so we do not give up. Now that's really interesting. So this thing started, hello, started going out again. Bummer. So what we do is we fight for those who are falling short. We contend for what we know the truth is, and we begin to to break down the mindsets that they're in. If you know the mindsets that they're what they're thinking and what they're doing, and you can see the actions, you can begin to attack those things in the spirit. You can begin to do what Second Corinthians chapter 10 says. Verse 3 and 4, it says that you take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. It's not just for us, but we can do it. We can begin to speak in the name of Jesus those lies that, that they're believing. God, I pray that you expose them. I do that all the time. If I see anyone who who is, is they're, they're believing a lie and, and they're speaking it out and they're declaring it, Then sometimes I talk to them, but many times what I do is I just begin to pray and I begin to intercede and I begin to rip down those lofty things that are exalted against the truth of God. I begin to fight in the power of the Holy Spirit to break down that these things would be seen and understood and they would reject them. And so it's kind of like the prodigal son. Remember what happened there? It says, when he came to his right mind. Isn't that interesting? When he came to his right mind. He wasn't living in his right mind when he said, give me all my inheritance, I want to go. He was living for himself and he dishonored his father and he went away. But it says, when he got to the point where he's eating pig slime, the stuff that the pigs were eating, it says he came to his right mind and then he turned and he went home there's something about that that we pray god help them come to a right mind help them to understand who they are in christ help them to fulfill the call and purpose and to never give up and to never surrender and i think a huge thing this this was a huge thing at least for me is not to complain about what's going on oh god do you see what they're doing of course he does He knows exactly what they're doing. Call them into their destiny. Pray for their destiny. Not what, well, I call it prayer complaining. Oh God, you just, oh, that kid is just this way and that way. Look what they're doing. They're just this and they're just that. And when we do that, what we're doing is we're being no different than the enemy because we're accusing them. And so what we need to do is just say, God, we understand, you know, they're not fulfilling their destiny. And so I call them forth into that and I just speak the name of Jesus over them and I begin to tear down the things that I see in their hearts and their minds that are stopping them from receiving what you have and to begin to do that and fight for them and never give up, never surrender, never, never, never. And I guess I could be like... um, Winston Churchill, he said it a few more times. He says, we're going to fight him in the beaches. We're going to fight him in the air. We're going to fight him here. We're going to fight him there. I, I'm just making this up, but I, I know he said those first two because I can't remember the rest of it, but he says then we're never, 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 never going to give up, never. We're not going to surrender because this is our call and purpose. This is why God has parents. This is why God has patriarchs, to be the ones who oversee and watch and do the spiritual work that needs to be done. So now here here comes the super fun part. To purposefully pursue the blessings of the Lord. To purposely pursue them. And to speak those blessings Boy, I want to say this because, you know, it says life and death is in the power of the tongue. When when you release a blessing, it's not just the words you're speaking. You're invoking the name of the Lord. When you're speaking His blessing and what the Word says about them, you are releasing the supernatural power of God to work in their lives. That's important to understand. But you know, when you curse someone, when you're cursing someone, you're invoking a demonic spirit. Isn't that interesting? I read that not too long ago and it just I went, duh. <laughs> you know how you don't ever think of it in those kind of terms. But when we release that's why God says Bless and do not curse. He's not saying don't swear at them. He's saying don't curse. God, get them. God, crush them. God, rip their guts out, you know? Well, that's how I'd say it. Um, I know some of you would say other things, politely maybe. But we're, we're, not, to, we're not to be of that spirit. Do you remember, remember how he rebuked, Jesus rebuked John? And his brother, sons of thunder, James and John, why did he do it? They said, let's call down fire from heaven like Elijah. Let's burn these guys out. Let's kill them. Jesus says, you don't know what kind of spirit you're of. Because Jesus came to seek and save the lost, not to destroy them. And he was on a mission to bring people to himself and to God. And so... So to supernaturally release the name of the Lord. Now in Numbers, this is, this is something that God initiated. I just do you know how much God wants to bless you? Do you know how much? Tons. Massive amounts. So he's speaking to the children of Israel. He's speaking to Aaron and his sons. And every day at at uh, the sacrifice time. They were to say something, and God's telling them to say this every single day, every day of the year. He's asking for his blessings to be poured out upon the people. And so then here's what he says. This is in Numbers, chapter 6, verse 24 through 26. All right, so he says this. I uh, will go to 22. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and to his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the sons of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. And the Lord make his face shine on you. And be gracious to you. the Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Now here's what the Lord says. this get this now. verse 27 is the key one that we're looking at. It says, "So they shall invoke my name on the sons of Israel, and then I will bless them. The idea of invoking is your're calling upon. When you bless someone in the name of the Lord, you're, you're blessing them and you're inviting God to come and bring that blessing. That's what he says. It's so, it's so absolutely clear. And so then he says, I will bless them. When we release blessings upon people, God supernaturally brings about whatever we're speaking. So we need to speak blessing. We need to bless our family members, bless our kids. We need to do those kind of things. So here's the great thing. I've said it already, but I want to highlight it again. We're at a point in our lives where we can change the destiny of our families. If we've had family lines where stuff has been coming down and it hasn't been good... We have the absolute opportunity to change that and to release blessings. Some um, someone once said it like this because you know we we really understand word pictures, but like when we have curses that come through in our families where it talks about iniquities and those kind of things, it's like a, a river of mud just coming and polluting. We know what the flood does, right? Boy, you know, when we had that, when they, well, even just this one, this one was ma- mainly clean water because it just rained and came right in, but you remember when we had the flood of like 97 and stuff, there was so much oil and gas and garbage and slime and, oh, it was just gross. When I went into my house, it was just coated, you know, the walls were coated with sludge and I had to power wash them and do all this stuff and and, and that's kind of the picture, is that when our family line's that iniquity, it comes down as sludge and slime, and it begins to affect our whole family line. But we're ones who can say, no, we're cleaning this up, we're changing everything, and we're going to begin to see a new new flow of the life of God into our family. It's going to increase, it's going to bring blessing, because God so wants to bless every single one of us he wants to pour out his blessings he's provided us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places they're already there they're already provided he already wants us to walk in them and so this becomes powerful so god has a heritage for those who love him and my final question what are you handing down don't use it as like, oh, he's saying bad. No, I want to encourage you. What are you handing down? Rise up. Do the things we talked about. Take responsibility, authority, systematically go through and undo. Declare, fight, and purposely move ahead because God's called you to that position. Rise up in the name of Jesus and let's believe for the blessing of the Lord to flow. And let's do that not only... Not only for our kids, but let's do that for for this church. God's given us a place to be a blessing in this city, and so let's let's uh see what we can do to increase that and increase the uh, effectiveness of reaching out to others in the name of Jesus. So I just want to end, and I you know anytime you talk about this kind of stuff. the the blessings of the Lord and all that kind of thing. I just want to make sure I I do this quite a bit, but if you've never accepted Christ, I want to give you the opportunity to do that because why not? Why wouldn't you? (laughs) I know people have reasons for not, but why wouldn't you come to a God who loves you and cares for you and wants to bless you? He's made a way for you. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, Jesus died on the cross to take away all of our sin. And so today, I just want to give you an opportunity, if you never responded to Jesus, to say, yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to accept Christ today. And then, yeah, that's what we want to do. Good stuff, huh? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God's good. So light your hair in fire, not literally. Holy Spirit, flame on. Tongues of fire. So Lord, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your goodness. We just speak your blessing. We speak your blessing upon each one. Lord, I just ask that all of us, because we all have family members, that we would be the intercessor for our family members and that we would seek to bring everyone into the knowledge of the Lord to come to know you and accept you. And we just speak blessing of, of just strength, speak a blessing of vision, I speak a blessing, Lord, for the ability to rise up and begin to make steps that will bring these things to to bear in our families. And I thank you for for each head of a household, Lord, that you would bless them and help them not feel overwhelmed, but to see this as an opportunity to see your kingdom come in their family, in every member of their family. In the name of Jesus Christ. amen? Amen? Amen.